Holy Father in heaven, blessed be your holy name for your mercy and love and goodness bestowed upon us. Thank you for giving us life. Lord, we ask, take our lives and let it be consecrated to thee. Fill us with your spirit that our lives may be the simple outworking of your will. Help us, Lord, that today we will be proper representatives of you. As we go through the words of our devotion today, fulfill your promise in our lives that these words we hear will empower us to live for you lives that are in harmony with your will and active lives that will help others to become more like you. Put your words in my mouth, Lord, that the words I will speak will bless those who will listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, June 7 The Court of Holy Life But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 the church of Christ on earth is amid the moral darkness of a disloyal world which is trampling upon the law of Jehovah. But their Redeemer, who has purchased their ransom with the price of his own precious blood, has made every provision that his church shall be a transformed body, illumined with the light of the world possessing the glory of Emmanuel. The bright beams of the Son of Righteousness shining through his church will gather into his fold every lost strain sheep who will come unto him and find refuge in him. They will find peace and light and joy in him who is peace and righteousness forever. The members of the church should individually keep the light of God's love burning brightly in their own souls, that it may also shine forth to others. We have too much at stake to allow spiritual lethargy to creep over us. Let us beware of indulging a disrelish for religious services and religious duties. Let us resolutely battle against the sluggishness of soul which is so fatal to the growth and even the life of the Christian. That church will be healthy and prosperous, whose members are putting forth active personal effort to do good to others, to save souls. This will be a constant incentive to every good work. Such Christians will labor with greater earnestness to secure their own salvation. The dormant energies will be aroused, the whole soul inspired with an unconquerable determination to win the Savior's plaudit of well done and to wear the victor's crown. Christ makes his church a beautiful temple for God. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, he declared, there am I in the midst of them. Matthew chapter 18 verse 20. 
His church is the court of holy life, filled with varied gifts and endowed with the Holy Spirit. Appropriate duties are assigned by heaven to each member of the church on earth, and all are to find their happiness in the happiness of those whom they help and bless. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Court of Holy Life. What is the Court of Holy Life? The Court of Holy Life is God's Church. Our High Calling, page 164, paragraph 4, which is the last paragraph of our devotion today, says, His Church is the Court of Holy Life, filled with varied gifts and endowed with the Holy Spirit. So the question then that many of us will have in our mind is, what is the Church? Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That is God's church. Matthew 18 verse 20. As far as there are two people or more gathered together, believing, having faith in the word of God and in Jesus as their savior. And when I say having faith in the word of God and in Jesus as their savior, that is a very broad term that we can break down. It means to have faith in the word of God, believe everything and have the intention and desire and effort being made to practice every word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. They are not neglecting some words. They believe every word of God and are making efforts to practice everything they see in the word of God. They are not picking and choosing. They are not saying this is inspired and this is not inspired. They believe every word of God. And by the way, when Jesus was talking about every word, there was no Matthew down to Revelation. Not None of those books were written. For those who think that the Old Testament is done away with, then it's not Jesus you are following. You have created another Jesus for yourself. The Jesus in the Bible believed that the books of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms were all valid books. And when he resurrected in the book of Luke, chapter 24 when he was walking with those men who were going to Emmaus, Cleopas and his friend he opened, if you look at it Luke 24, I believe should be verse 40 or so, it says there that he started from the books of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms and explained to them the things concerning himself, so if you are teaching that those books are unnecessary you are not part of God's church because if you are part of Jesus and you are in his name gathered you must believe in every word of God. And I can read from the book Upward Look, page 315. Paragraph, that should be paragraph 5 and 6. It says, God has a church. It is not the great cathedral. Neither is it the national establishment. Neither is it the various denominations. It is the people who love God and keep his commandments. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them, Matthew 18.20. Where Christ is, even among the humble few, this is Christ's church, for the presence of the Holy and High One, of the High and Holy One, in, who inhabited eternity can alone constitute a church. Where two or three are present, who love and obey the commandments of God, Jesus there presides. Let it be in the desolate place of the earth, in the wilderness, 
in the city enclosing prison walls. The glory of the Lord has penetrated the prison walls, flooding with glorious beams of heavenly light the darkest dungeon. His saints may suffer, but their sufferings will, like the apostles of old, spread their faith and win souls to Christ and glorify his holy name. The bitterest opposition expressed by those who hate God's great moral standard of righteousness should not and will not shake the steadfast soul who trusts fully in God. Amen. End of quote. This is what God's church is. It is not about the building you are gathering into. It is not about the name you call yourself. It is not about your denomination. It is not what you claim to be. God's church from Genesis to Revelation, he didn't give it any name. They are known. There are people gathered together that believe the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus that practice every word of God. That constitutes God's church. For only the presence of the High and the Holy One can make a place His church. When people are gathered together and God is not in their presence because they are doing things that do not go in accordance with His Word, that is not His church. They are just gathering there doing what they are doing. For it says here that only the presence of the High and Holy One who inhabited eternity can alone constitute a church. So when we do things and we are not gathered in the name of Jesus and he's not in our midst and you are claiming that you are his church you are just deceiving yourself you are just deceiving yourself because only the presence of Jesus in the midst of a people can make that place to be called his church and how can Jesus be present in a place only when those people are gathered in his name that is doing things that are in accordance with his word so when we do things that are not in accordance with his word and Jesus lives that place is not his church it is not. You may believe what you want to believe and call yourself the best names or whatever, Church of God this and Christ this and give yourself whatever high and beautiful name it is in your denomination. That is not God's church. That is not his church. If you are doing things that are not in accordance with his word and the presence of Jesus is not there, it is not his church. For only the presence of Jesus in a place can constitute his church. Now, God has a work for his church. The church of God, like we see in our devotion for today, is supposed to be known as the court of holy life, where people come to receive blessings. And they are people who have a work to do. Our key text for today in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who is God speaking to here denominations did he mention any denomination name no he is referring to those who believe in him who are practicing his word that is God's church those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus as we see in the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 12 that is God's church. It is very deceptive for people to give themselves good names and then claim that it is because they are in this particular church and attending church here, then they are God's church. Very deceptive because it brings people into canal security and they feel like, oh, I am in God's church and they start to uh, feel secure that all is well. People are lost inside churches. Members of churches are lost thinking they are saved because they have... Their, their, their names are written down in their church books and they are 
believe in their saved. People need to know that attending any church doesn't make you saved. It is a practice of the word of God that brings you into salvation. And the work has something to do. They are not supposed to be bringing people into church membership and making people get baptized just to increase church church uh, population and church numbers. We have a work to do. And that work is to save people to the salvation of souls by bringing to the saving truth to them. People are going to be lost or saved based on their works. God is going to judge people based on their works and he has made it plain to us that the law of God is the standard of judgment. So when you see people not practicing the law, the law of God being trampled upon, what should God's church do? They are supposed to feel sad and bad about it. Your friend, your family member, look at them. They are not doing the word of God. What do you think is going to become of them as far as you can see? They will be lost. Are you not touched with that? Does it not pain you? Does it not hurt you to see them lost? This is what makes the church to be aroused, to do a work, duty, find the most intelligent and tactful way to bring the knowledge of the truth, the saving truth to them. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and it shall make you free. These people do not know the truth and that's why they are not free. It is the church's duty to bring to the knowledge of the world, family, friends, strangers, the knowledge of the truth that saves. What saves is the truth. The truth is what saves and that is what is lacking. People are in church pews sitting down but don't know the truth. They are lost. And people are outside the church also. They don't know the truth. They are lost. We and those who know the truth, we have a duty. And God is willing to give us every gift necessary for this duty to be performed. What he has called us to do, he will also give us strength to do. Go out, go in to preach the word of God. Firstly, by your character. That is the first way that we preach the word of God and make it known to people. As we read here, the church of Christ on earth is amid the moral darkness of a disloyal world which is trampling upon the law of Jehovah. But their Redeemer who has purchased their ransom with the blood, with the price of his own precious blood, has made every provision that his church shall be a transformed body, illumined with light of the world, possessing the glory of Emmanuel. And what are they supposed to do with this? Go out and show this light to others. Let your light so shine before men. It is our duty to make known to people the saving truth by the way we practice it. I'll be reading now from the book Maranatha, page 111. Paragraph 3 says, Stand out, separate and distinct from the world, in the world but not of it, reflecting the bright beams of the Son of Righteousness, being pure, holy and undefiled, and in faith carrying light into all the highways and byways of the world, of the earth. Let the churches awake before it is everlastingly too late. Let every member take up his not corporate now, not group work, but his individual work and vindicate the name of the Lord by which he is called. Let sound faith and earnest piety take the place of slothfulness and unbelief. When faith lays hold upon Christ, the truth will bring delight to the soul and the services of religion will not be dull and uninteresting. Daily, you will have a rich experience as you practice the Christianity you profess. 
sinners will be converted end of quote how are sinners converted not necessarily by you going to knock and tell them i want to have a bible study with you as you practice the truth in their presence daily having a rich experience practicing the christianity that you profess sinners will be converted i continue to read in oh that all may arouse and manifest to the world that theirs is a living faith that the vital issue is before the world that jesus will soon come let men see that we believe that we are on the borders of the eternal world so talking more about this how did jesus go about it how did jesus preach the word it says here maranatha page 112 paragraph 3 the followers of christ are to be separate from the world in principles and interests but they are not to isolate themselves from the world their savior mingled constantly with men not to encourage them in anything that was not in accordance with god's will but to uplift and ennoble them i sanctify myself he declared that they also might be sanctified john 17 verse 19 so the christian is to abide among men that the savour of divine love may be a salt to preserve the world from corruption so here god is giving us another tip on how to do this duty that we are given like i said may not be actively standing on pulpits preaching knocking on doors that's still part of it giving of tracts you know but the greater part of it is in mingling with people as we mingle with people like jesus did not to encourage them in the things that they are doing that is not good but to show a different way to do things in our own character and as conversations come up in our words let them know the way you will be helping them to be converted into the truth by the life and by the character is the first way that we minister to others through the conversion of their own souls and then the other means to do this like we just mentioned actively shake off the sluggishness and lethargy go to your neighbor's door and knock go to the stranger knock on the highways and byways and tell them can i have a bible study with you and teach them the word of god as best as you can you don't have to be a professional in the work go out i tell you my own experience the first time i got to know the truth the saving truth ah i could not keep silent i couldn't why because i tell you why i believe then and i still believe now that what i was learning was the saving truth and what i mean by saving truth is this i believe that those who do not know the word of god because of their lack of this knowledge they will perish and am i right to believe that of course the bible says it my people perish for lack of knowledge and i could see my friends my brothers my sisters my all of them people don't know these things and i felt oh strangers people need to know these things because they are perishing for lack of knowledge and i believe that if they continue in the way they are going the chances of them being saved are very slim it was this that cost me to go by myself knocking on people's doors and having bible studies with them it's not just that i will say oh jesus said i should do it no there was that feeling there was that arousing in me 
that the Spirit of God had put to make me realize my duty. And I did not hesitate to do it. I'll read here now, still on Maranatha. I'm reading page 115. I'll read paragraph 3. says, How the angels must feel as they see the end approaching and see so many of those entrusted with the last message of mercy huddling together attending meetings for the sake of benefit to their own souls and feeling dissatisfied if there is not much preaching while they have little burden and are doing little for the salvation of others all who are indeed united to christ by living faith will be partakers of the divine nature they will be constantly take note constantly receiving from him spiritual life and they cannot be silent life always shows itself in action if the heart is living it will send the lifeblood to every part of the body those whose hearts are filled with spiritual life will not need to be urged to reveal it the divine life will flow forth from them in rich currents of grace as they pray as they speak and as they labor god is glorified it is not the most brilliant or the most talented whose work produces the greatest and most lasting results who are the most efficient laborers those who will respond to the invitation take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i for i am meek and lowly in heart if men to whom God has entrusted talents of intellect to refuse to use these gifts to his glory. After test and trial, he will leave them to their own imaginings and will take men who do not appear to be so richly endowed, who have not large self-confidence, and he will make the weak strong because they trust in God to do for them those things which they cannot do for themselves. God will accept the wholehearted service and will himself make up the deficiencies. Amen. End of quote. Lot, a lot is learned from this reading now. Firstly, you won't keep silent. If truly you are taking spiritual life from God, you won't keep silent. You have to go out and talk about it. And it is not pleasing to God and to the angels to see us every time studying, studying, learning, learning, but you are not dishing out what you are learning to anyone. It's not pleasing to them. And the worst part of it is, as we read in our devotion for today, your life depends on it. Your life depends on the witnessing because your life is in danger when you are sluggish. He says, our high calling page 164, paragraph 2. Let us beware of indulging a disrelish for religious services and religious duties. Let us resolutely battle against the sluggishness of soul which is so fatal to the growth and even the life of the Christian. So, our sluggishness is fatal not to just our growth but to our life as christians that church will be healthy and prosperous whose members are putting forth active person personal effort to do good to others to save souls some of us want group efforts not personal individual efforts but what is being emphasized here is individual effort I take from the beginning again our high calling page 164 paragraph 3. The members of the church should individually keep light, the light of God's love burning brightly in their own souls. And then towards the end it says, 
we need to put forth personal efforts to save others not group efforts personal everybody needs to do their own duty like we read at the end of devotion that god heaven his church is the court of holy life appropriate duties are assigned by heaven to each member of the church on earth and all are to find their happiness in the happiness of those whom they help and bless appropriate duties given by heaven to you it is your duty to pray and ask god what duty have you given to me i tell you what duty he has given matthew 28 19 20 go into the world preach to all nations baptize them in the name of the father son and holy ghost teaching them to observe not some of the things but all things whatsoever i have commanded you this work is not for pastors alone it is not for evangelists alone it is for every member an individual personal effort and duty has been laid upon us to do what we can to save souls by giving them the saving truth and god has made every provision necessary where he says and lo i am with you always and to the end of the world he has made it necessary and he has given us every uh, uh, efficiency and strength when he says to us in the book of acts 1 verse 8 you shall receive power when the holy ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses for me in judea in jerusalem in all in samaria and in all parts of the earth don't be afraid don't be ashamed of jesus some of us are ashamed don't be ashamed and don't wait till you know everything like i said of my own self i knew the first time i just knew i knew not much just very little but that little i knew was what i was telling people telling them you need to live a holy life this is the commandments of god do it i didn't know everything perfectly but make the effort and the lord will bless you and help you to continue to increase in grace but when you are not exercising yourself you will not grow you won't grow growth only comes as you dish out what you have learned to others as there is a desire in you self-sacrificing desire to do for others don't always engage in things that always give you money 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 if you don't see money coming out of it you will not do come on make sacrifices do something spend your money on doing things for god put it out there and walk i know that there are some of us who may not be able able teachers it is true it's not everybody that's a teacher it's not everybody that is a preacher it is not everybody who can walk in the same line different works for different people i'm not referring to saying that everybody must preach no you can do other works to save souls that is not just preaching you can support in different ways and i'll read for us matthew chapter 10 reading from verse 40 jesus said he that receiveth you that's talking to about his disciples he that receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me he receiveth him that sent me he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple verily i say unto you he shall in no wise lose his reward amen what jesus is saying here is assistance you may not be the one who is the prophet preaching but he is saying as far as you are supporting that prophet and helping out in one way or another whether it is financially or technically 
or by encouragement. Anyhow, he says you will receive the word of the prophet even by accommodating him or, or doing kindness. He says you will receive the word, the, the reward of a prophet. What does that mean? Not that the prophet will reward you. That is the same reward he was going to give to that prophet or he is going to give to the prophet will be given to you because without those assistance that you are giving, the prophet will not be able to do his work effectively. The preacher, the apostle, they won't do their work effectively if people are not assisting them. So what are we saying here? Like I said, it's not just about preaching alone. Even assisting, like we read, like we sing in the song, if you cannot preach like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can also assist. You can raise the hands of the prophets, like Aaron and Hur did, raising the hands of Moses. Though they were not Moses, they raised his hand. And that is a work we can do. How do we raise the hand? Like I said, helping in various ways. It can be financially or it can be by words of encouragement. It can be in, in showing kindness and accommodation or supporting the work directly, helping in pr- making the presentations. There are, there are ways we can do it online and it's not just one person who can participate in that. One may be doing the preaching and that one is doing the recording and that one is taking care of other technical duties and all of it is still part of the work. There are many ways this can be done. But Lord, the Lord wants us as his church to wake up and do our duty. I pray that these words will arouse us to do our duty in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm reading from the third paragraph. Again, he says that the church will be healthy and prosperous whose members are putting forth active personal effort to do good to others to save souls mark those words again personal effort active ones it's not a save it's not a spasmodic effort you know sometimes when the church organizes things we move and then sometimes we want to do personal ministry we just do it for a short time and then we relax it's going to be active personal effort this will be a constant incentive to every good work. Such Christians will labor with greater earnestness to secure their own salvation. You see, inactivity promotes feebleness. If you, if you tie an arm, the illustration was given in the Ministry of Healing, the book. If you tie an arm for one week and then after one week you lose it, the arm loses strength, it becomes feeble, it's weak. And so it is with the body. That's why Christ is called a living fountain. There is a movement in water. Water is constantly being replaced and refreshed. He's moving. It's not a pool where things are sedimented. Impurities lie there because there is no movement. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. It has many inlets but no outlets. Everything goes in and it has no way to give things out. And so that's what the Christian life will be when you sit down and receive sermons and you're not pouring it out upon others. You say, he that watereth shall be watered also. The liberal soul shall be made fat because you receive to give. That's the life of Jesus. He was asking to give. You see, friends, it has been said already. We're just I'm bringing the point again that the time has come where we must shake off our indifference and take up the baton and run with it. We need not wait for rewards from the pastor 
saying or when there is an evangelistic effort if you bring three people we'll give you this gift we've gone past that now no time to wait for organized evangelisms in quote take up the work that lies close to you what is the value of one soul we've been told that all worlds will fade into insignificance that's how god values the human soul work for your families work for your friends for neighbors send them songs and send books wrapped beautifully send it to them you see the youths and the elderly around you in your neighborhood going astray send them steps to christ you see mothers struggling with children send them child guidance you see your neighbors you see their home breaking apart send them adventist home don't turn your eyes from the situation around you jesus said that the levite passed the man that was wounded and the man that was attacked passed by the man he passed the other side you must go to work even on your job to obey the law of god means to be quick to see the necessities of our fellow beings and quick to help them without stopping to inquire do they believe the same doctrines that i believe it is walking together with christ that is true worship prayers exhortations and talk are cheap fruits which are frequently tied on but fruits that are manifested in good words in caring for the needy the fatherless the widows are genuine fruits and grow naturally upon a good tree when the good samaritan was living he paid for the expense that he incurred even on behalf of the sick and then he gave an extra money that's a down payment and told the innkeeper whatsoever money whatever money you spend more when i come i'll repay jesus whatever you have in your hand now you start with it jesus has given us the down payment and he's coming and f- we've been told for those who have the lord's means and are appropriating them for themselves is dangerous i'll read from review and hero august 21 1894 it says those who live to gratify appetite and selfish desire will lose the favor of god and will lose the heavenly reward they testify to the world that they have not genuine faith and when they seek to impart to others a knowledge of present truth the world will regard their words as sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal let everyone show his faith by his works faith without works is dead being alone wherefore show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of your boasting in your behalf still on the matter that the church will be healthy and prosperous whose members are putting forth active personal efforts the question was asked you who are suffering with poor health there is a remedy for you if thou clothe the naked and bring the poor that are cast out to thy house and deal thy bread to the hungry then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily isaiah 58 verse 8 doing good is an excellent remedy for disease this is the special work now before us all our praying and abstinence from food will avail nothing unless we absolutely lay hold of this work the, f- 
the fast which God can accept is described in Isaiah 58. It is to deal thy bread to the hungry, and to bring the poor which are cast out to thy house. Wait not for them to come to you. The labor rests not on them to haunt you up and entreat you of a home for themselves. You are to search for them and bring them to your house. You are to draw out your soul after them. You are with one hand to reach up and by faith take hold of the mighty arm which brings salvation, while with the other hand of love you reach the oppressed and relieve them. It is impossible for you to fasten upon the arm of God with one hand while the other is employed in ministering to your own pleasure. It is not the abundance of your meetings that God accepts. It is not the numerous prayers, but the right doing, doing the right thing and at the right time. Our souls must expand. Then God will make them like a watered garden whose waters fail not. So you see, friends, how can we bring the poor that are cast out into our homes when we have big high fences, when the, the gates and the gatesmen, they, they, they have so much protocols that the people cannot confidently approach us when we sh- look at people with disdain and shun them. The very things that God has given us to minister to the poor on his behalf, we minister to ourselves. As it is for the rich, it is also for the poor. God has given you strength. Use it to minister for those around you. We have been given diverse gifts. I'll read from Second, Man- Second Mind, Character and Personality, page 800, the fourth paragraph. To be a blending of diverse elements. Unity in diversity is God's plan. Among the followers of Christ, there is to be the blending of diverse elements, one adapted to the other, and each to do its special work to, for God. Every individual has his place in the filling up of one great plan, bearing the stamp of Christ's image. One is fitted to do a certain work, another has a different work for which he is adapted. Another has a still different line, but each is to be the complement of the others. The Spirit of God, walking in and through the diverse elements, will produce harmony of action. There is to be only one Master Spirit, the Spirit of Him who is infinite in wisdom, and in whom all the diverse elements meet in beautiful, matchless unity. As it has been said, Everybody has this work. God has assigned us our work. It might be small in your eyes, but he who estimates them has given you the work. You must begin the work where you are. So my prayer is that as we begin the work, we receive strength from him to quicken and rally our energies that we may begin to find happiness and the happiness of others. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you for your word, especially that you're calling us back to our work, reminding us of our duty, that we must shake off the lethargy and the slothfulness and begin to walk where we are. You've appointed us, every one of us, our work. And as we receive the truth, it is our duty to impart it 
to others. We thank you for such a privilege that you've called us into this work in co-partnership with you. Help us, O Lord, to cooperate that we may be worthy of the blessing. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.